The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to Psalm number 1. We'll begin with a word of prayer together, and then we'll look at some introductory remarks concerning the Psalms as a whole, and begin today with the exposition of this first Psalm together. Father, we come now in Jesus' name, thanking you for this time, thanking you for the truth of the Word of God which is before us. Lord, we know that we love you because you first loved us. Help us now, I pray, to honor and glorify your name. And it is for Jesus' sake and in Jesus' name that I pray, amen and amen. Let's read the psalm together, verse number 1 of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now last time together we had mentioned the definition of the Psalms as found in the Old Testament. They were pieces to be played, songs to be sung. They were of a musical nature. In the New Testament, we saw their usage and nature to be the same. We pointed out that the Lord Jesus himself 
testified to the Psalms, thus verifying their authority and accuracy as part of the Holy Scriptures. And then the apostles turned to the Psalms as they recognized the prophetic value of the inspired book of the Psalms. And the early church triumphed with the Psalms, singing them, making melody in their hearts to the Lord, and admonishing one another within the church body with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now then we look now to the delight of the collection of the psalms. Over the years of my life, I have found this book, the hymn book of the Bible, the book of Psalms, to be an invaluable treasure. Yea, they are much more than a treasure, even a storehouse within the divine treasury of the Scriptures, which contains wealth to meet the needs of man's soul, whether he is rejoicing over his enemies or fleeing from his persecutors. And so the book of Psalms has within it a word to speak to every soul in every situation which both our Lord and life bring our way. Here is a true balm, a true blessing, a true bounty given to us in brief proses of poetry, in verses of song, and in prayers which soothe the soul and steal the spirit and revive the saint of God. My former pastor, Dr. James Jones Jr., said, When language fails us, the Psalms will often express our deepest feeling. Yes, the Psalms are a well from which we draw, and after years of drinking from its pure waters, we learn that it is without bottom and flows from the very presence of God. The book of Psalms comes to us with melody and majesty, and ministry, and mastery, giving us victory after victory in circumstance after circumstance. These psalms issue forth in prayer, in praise, and in prophecy. They stand, whether separate and individual, as a single psalm, or all together and corporate, as the book of psalms, They stand as signposts which meet men where they are and point the way to God. I say that in every line of the Psalms, yea, in every word of the Psalms, God is exalted and man is confronted with God's infinite goodness. The Lord our God is worthy to be praised, and all the glory is due unto his name. Truly, the book of Psalms resounds with the glory of the Lord. The psalmist David knew how both to pray and to praise, and these are that which kept his head above the waters. Although David committed the awful sins of adultery and of numbering the people, as these two sins of David stand out above his others, 
his ability and quickness to pray and to praise the Lord allowed him to return to good standing with God as the Lord would have mercy upon David. How much better would life be for us all if we would remain ceaseless in our prayer and in our praises before the Lord? We learn from the book of Psalms that God is good whether everything is going good for us or whether it is going bad for us. Brethren, let us learn to praise God for His infinite goodness in the midst of both our blessings and our burdens. And now we briefly give you a description of this collection. In the first psalm, we find a blessing from God to man. In the last psalm, we find a blessing from man to God. The book of Psalms is multi-authored. It did not come by the pen of one author speaking in human terms. Now, it obviously came from the Holy Spirit. He is that one author and chose many penmen among the sons of men. There are at least seven authors, perhaps eleven, taking into the account of Solomon, Hezekiah, Korah, and Korah's sons. We won't give all the authors, but Asaph and David and Moses are some that we would mention. The Psalms are filled with beatitudes. The Psalms are distributed into five books, and the book of the Psalms is full of figures of speech. It is concerned mainly with three people throughout the whole of the collection, David, or the psalmist who is writing, Jesus Christ, and then ourselves. The Psalms run historically from creation until the Lord Jesus is enthroned as king over the earth. The Psalms are an excellently arranged devotional which God has written for us within the pages of His Holy Word. The central theme of Psalms is worship. Worship is that fervent desire to see God's program fulfilled and to see God's name extolled and magnified. Worship is a redeemed soul in meditation upon His Redeemer. The key psalm, we believe, is the 100th Psalm. In this psalm, there are seven demands to praise God, seven descriptions of praise, and seven delights for those who praise the Lord. Now, let's briefly look together at the exposition of Psalm number one. We don't have much time here, but we believe this psalm can be entitled as the crossroads of life. A crossroads is a place where roads meet a time or state of affairs requiring prompt or decisive action. And it is not long ere we begin life's journey until we all come to a crossroads. And then and there we must make a decision. The walks of all men converge in Psalm number 1, and every man is presented with two ways, with two ends. And this psalm presents us with a choice. We find two characters, the righteous man, the ungodly man. We find two choices, the way of the righteous, the way of the ungodly. We find two consequences, happiness and delight for the righteous, hopelessness and destruction for the ungodly. We've been brought to a dead halt here. The road has forked into two, leaving us with one decision to make. 
This decision is made even more plain in the second psalm. What will we do with the anointed one of God, with the Son of God, with the King of the Lord, even Jesus? Will you choose the way of the righteous and bow the knee to Jesus Christ the Lord? Or will you choose the way of the ungodly and refuse the government of God in your life as a created subject of His in need of redemption by blood and by power? We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.